you are about to enjoy in It Takes Three Network podcast. Summer, I, oh my God, when was the last time you shaved your legs? It's like a forest and, oh my God, your toenails. Okay, yeah, I don't do that stuff anymore. Obviously, you've got hobbit feet. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk OC, an OC podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Les. And if we sound a little bit different or sound like the old days, Les and I are podcasting this week via Skype. Yes. So hopefully you won't be able to tell, but if you do, that is why. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're golden. <laughs> yeah. But we're back this week discussing season four, episode two, The Gringos. Original air date, November 8th, 2006, written by John Stevens and directed by Patrick Norris. Ryan and Seth take a road trip to Mexico in hopes to find Volchuk. Meanwhile, Summer has a surprise visitor at Brown. Hmm. Mm. The scoop of the week, it provided by Michael Dell underscore Vasto on Instagram, is a caramel drumstick. Oh. He chose this for two reasons. The first being a drumstick's outside doesn't match its insides. It's kind of like it has secrets on the inside. <laughs> at, at first look, it's just chocolate-covered ice cream cone with peanuts. But inside, there is vanilla ice cream with a caramel center. Even the cone itself has a chunk of chocolate once you get to the bottom. But yeah, you wouldn't, best part. I know. But you wouldn't know this from looking at its outside. This symbolizes Julie, Ryan, and Caitlin. Julie is trying to appear normal on the outside, but in the inside, she is hoping Ryan finds Volchuk and kills him. She is keeping that a secret from everyone. It's very similar to the hidden chocolate-filled portion of the drumstick cone. You don't notice it until the end. And then Sandy is figuring out it was Julie who sent Ryan to Mexico. Caitlin is the caramel part, which is the second secret you find out. She's stealing the clothes and then stealing from them. <laughs> Ryan wow. is the vanilla ice cream because the first secret that is revealed, because at the start of the episode, Seth and the audience find out Ryan is going to Mexico to find Volchuk. Wow. And then the second reason... He chose caramel drumstick is because on road trips, he always bought a drumstick at the gas station. So I'd want one for the drive to Mexico. Wow. Thank Thanks, you, Mike. Mike. Is that complex or what? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> so good though, right? Yeah. I used to always love the bottom where the chocolate was. It's so good. I mean, it really is like a surprise. It is a surprise. Yeah. Great choice, Mike. <laughs> yes, great choice, Mike. So, Liz, did you remember this episode at all? Uh, no. Like, None anything it. from it? Mm, no, not really. <laughs> Obviously, I remembered Taylor. She got married. Um, But, no, that was it, truly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't really remember any of the Mexico stuff. I totally forgot about all of this, and the only part I remembered was... Taylor showing up at Brown. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. All right. So the episode opens up. We have Ryan in the pool house. He's packing. He's on the phone with Julie, which is very reminiscent to 
last episode where he's on the phone with Julie mm-hmm. in the first scenes. And he's letting Julie know that he's heading out. So it turns out it took six months to find Volchuk. So now here's their shot to get him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Seth is upstairs. He's on his cell. He's trying to figure out why Summer left so early and didn't tell him. And he gets cut off on his cell phone. So he picks up the house phone and he hears Ryan talking to Julie. Mm-hmm. My question is, why the hell is Ryan using the house phone? House phone. To talk to Julie about this. Right. That's stupid. Like, wouldn't you want this on your private cell phone? Right. So Seth, he heads downstairs. He runs into Ryan trying to leave. And Ryan says that he's heading for the gym. Also, it's only 6 a.m. Yeah. I shouldn't say it's only 6 (laughs) a.m. It's 6 a.m. Both of these dudes are up. Seth is fully dressed. Where the hell are Sandy and Kirsten? I guess they're still sleeping. But anyway. I guess so. So Seth says that he heard him talking on the phone. He follows him outside. He gets into the car with him. And Ryan is trying to convince Seth that, one, you need to stay behind. And two, like, I'm not going to do anything to Volchuk. I just need to see him first before the cops get to him. Yeah. But Seth's not dumb. (laughs) No. And so Seth is like, well, I'm coming with you. I'm riding shotgun. And then Ryan mentions that they're going to Mexico. Right. So at Brown, Summer, she gets back. She's walking on campus and she sees Che giving a speech about this tree that is being threatened to be cut down. And so he runs out to greet her and he's so excited she's back. And he gives her all the details of what they need to do and pretty much... It's just a petition, and they're going to sleep around the tree outside. Yeah. I don't care about this. No, I know. I don't either, but we, <laughs> no, we got to talk about like, don't, it. Don't talk about it, but, like, it just, this whole plot, the whole chase stuff, it's like, ugh, so on the back burner for me. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. But Summer, she makes her way into her dorm, and the first thing she does is she goes to play her answering machine, And there's no new messages. And then you hear a woman's voice saying, oh, I deleted it. And in Summer's bed is Taylor. Yeah, hiding. Hiding. And it's a very funny scene. The two of them have this exchange. Summer can't believe what she's wearing. And Taylor's like, I always wear this to bed. And it's a cute lace cami. And she offers to Summer that she should get in the bed so they can snuggle. So funny. I know. And so Taylor finally starts to tell her how she did come back to Newport to tell her mom that she has this kind of big secret, but she realized no one else would understand in the world but Summer. Right. And as she continues to start telling her her big secret, she looks down and she notices that Summer has not shaved her legs or have gotten a pedicure (laughs) in a very long time. Yeah. And then Che interrupts. He barges in her door And starts talking about there's chainsaws and Summer has to leave. So she leaves Taylor in the dorm and she goes, hey, take my meal card. You know, like you're pretty much you're on your own. Julie, she's in harbor. She's talking with the new dean of discipline about how. I'm like, oh, they changed the teacher. Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, she's talking about how Caitlin has potential, but she's definitely wasting it. And all Julie cares about is her cell service. Right. Because at this point, Ryan is en route to Mexico. And so Julie is glued to her phone, 
wants to hear all the updates. So then the dean asks Julie, how are things going at home? And Julie does say that things are difficult, but we're doing as best as we can. So the dean says that there is a clothing drive and thinks that Caitlin and Julie should do it together. So Julie goes home. She approaches Caitlin about it, and Caitlin is hanging out with the Lukes. One of them is shaving the other one's chest, which they make gay jokes, which is so cringy. Oh, so cringy. It's awful. It would not... It's just not good. No, it's not good. Yeah, and it's not funny at all because it's just bad, but... Right. Anyway, Julie walks in. She finds them what they're doing, and she fills Caitlin in, pretty much saying, like, we're going to do this clothing drive together. Sandy and Kirsten at the Coens, they find a note that says, angry Nudfo chocolate love, (laughs) which... Sandy thinks that it's probably just the name of a band. And then Seth calls and says, hey, did you get my note? I had to leave it in code so Ryan wouldn't catch on to my note. And so Seth tells them that him and Ryan are in Mexico. They're looking for Volchuk. And he promises to keep him updated as the day goes on. Right. So, like, this is just great because now Ryan's finally back. And yet he took Seth to go to Mexico to find Volchuk. So Sandy and Kirsten's nerves are just through the roof Mm -hmm. at this point. So Seth, he, when he made this call, he was in, I guess, a gas station, right? Like the convenience store of the gas station. Yeah, I think so. And so he heads out and Ryan right away knows Oh, yeah, he knows. He called, right, that he called Sandy and Kirsten. Seth starts off with saying, like, oh, no, I was just trying Summer's phone again. And Ryan's like, what the fuck, dude? I mean, he didn't say that, but you could tell that he wanted to say it. And he's like, I can't trust you. You can't be telling your parents what we're doing. And he takes his cell phone and he throws it. Yeah. Yeah. And as the day goes on, we just see Kirsten becoming more worried because the boys haven't called and Sandy's just trying to reassure her, like, we just, we got to trust them. Like, they're fine. They'll be okay. Ryan and Seth, they get to their hotel room. They check in and Seth is cracking jokes about the room. He's trying to make light of the situation. And Ryan's like, listen, we're only here temporarily because Volchuk works at a bar and he only works at night. And so... We have to hide out in here because they don't want to be seen during the day. So Seth heads into the bathroom and he continues to make light about like he wasn't about to drop a number two in the gas station. (laughs) And he's like, hey, Ryan, can you pass me, you know, a magazine to read? And Ryan ends up sneaking out with the address of where Volchuk works, heads to the bar and finds out that Volchuk has actually been fired. Yeah. Yeah. So Seth goes looking for Ryan, and he walks into a bar, which sounds like the beginning of a joke, as I say it now. But anyway, he walks into this bar, and he finds a group of Marines, a.k.a. Steve-O. Yeah. And they're all drinking. They're taking shots. They're so rowdy. They're actually not that rowdy. It's Steve-O who's really rowdy. Yeah, he's just so loud. Yeah. And so Seth is just asking everyone, like, hey, have you seen my friend Ryan? And Steve-O's like, first we do shots, and then we find your friend, and then we get tattoos. <laughs> and so the shots continue. Meanwhile, the Coens are back at home in their tiny-ass bed. Did you notice how tiny their yes. bed was? 
I was like, wow, I wonder if it's that small or only just looks that small from our view, but it looks really small. Yeah, so the scene we're talking about, the camera pans out. It's bird's eye view, and Sandy and Kirsten are laying in bed, and the bed is so small. It looks like a twin. And it just... I'm sorry, like a full. Yeah, and I don't know, for... I mean, maybe... For camera angles, like, you wouldn't have a big bed and it doesn't make sense on a set or in a fictional show or something like this to have a big bed. But for the Coens, I cannot believe that they would have this small bed. Right. Sandy and Kirsten would definitely have, like, a king-size bed. And they'd have, like, a big headboard, like, an elaborate, awesome bed frame, too. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so they're talking and they're super worried. And then they decide that they're just going to go to Mexico to, to try and find their boys. So after Seth finishes with the Marines, he's now wearing a Semper Fi t-shirt. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> and he's sporting a bandage that's covering his tattoo. He enters the bar where Ryan was earlier and he starts asking where Ryan is. He's also super drunk at this point. And so the owner or I guess the manager tells Seth that he's got to go and Seth starts rambling about like yeah we understand like Volchuk he killed a girl and so as he's walking out of the bar the waitress overhears and she runs out after him and she tells him that like hey your friend was here and then she asks if it's true if Volchuk actually killed a girl Yeah, she's curious. Yeah, and she says that she knows where he is. So the next morning, Sandy and Kirsten, they arrive in Mexico. They're talking about how crazy it is that they're here. They have no idea where they are going. And also, they barely speak the language. And they also talk about, like, when are we going to stop taking care of the boys? Yeah. (sighs) It's tough because they're getting to that age where, you know, they're 18, so right. they're adults. But as parents, you're never done parenting. Yeah. So you're like, well, do I let them fuck up? That This feels like it could be dangerous. Right. I don't want to, you know, have them potentially get hurt. So, And especially with this kind of situation, because Ryan has such fury. And right. to go and find Volchuk, you, you can assume you know what's coming. Right. Yeah. So Seth... In the morning, he's back in the hotel room. He calls the front desk looking for Ryan. There's no help, and Ryan makes it back to the room. So Seth asks Ryan, hey, did you kill him? And <laughs> Ryan's like, no, turns out that he's not there anymore. He got fired. And Seth's like, great, okay, what's your plan now? Are you just going to stay here? Are you going to wait? We should go back. And then he says, if I tell you where he is, do you promise not to kill him? And at mm. this point, Ryan is seeing red. Like, yeah. the fierce, the frustration on Ryan's face, which I cannot blame Ryan for this, but I also like the way Seth handled this scene. Surprisingly. Yeah. I was surprised at how, like, calm he was. I know. And, like, later on, with, when he sees Volchuk, I was even more surprised. Yeah, so... At, like, his demeanor. Right. So Seth gives Ryan an address, and Ryan, he goes off. He enters what it looks like to be a restaurant. Did you think it was a restaurant? Yeah, or a bar. Yeah, and he enters. He has a pipe. He bangs 
on this door that's supposedly Volchuk's. And at the same time, we see Volchuk behind a door. He grabs a knife. But when Ryan busts open the door, it's an empty room. And when Volchuk opens the door, it's Seth. Yeah, I like Wasn't that. Wasn't this so good? that scene. Yeah. It was really good. So Volchuk is super surprised to see Seth. And Seth tells him how he got the address. And it turns out that the woman he spoke to's boyfriend wants to kill him, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan and Seth's like, "Well, you better get in line. Uh, he better get in line because Ryan is here." Yeah, and you see his his uh, mood change really quick. Oh yeah, Volchuk. There's a he's like, "Oh, there's a slight fear there." Fear, yeah. yeah. And but Seth says, "I didn't tell Ryan where you are because I don't want him ruining his life by murdering you." Yeah, and then he mentions that why don't you just turn yourself in my dad can help you and get you a good deal which is crazy i know but he says the right thing of you didn't mean to kill her right he didn't he just he fucked up but of course volchuk he responds with but she's dead and that's all that matters right so volchuk takes off and his plan is to keep on running Meanwhile, when Ryan exits where he's at, he runs into the Coens and Seth arrives and clearly Ryan was set up. Yeah, he's pissed. Yeah. I understand both sides here, but I got to side with Seth on this one. I know. So the four of them, they head home. We have Sandy and Seth are in one car and Ryan and Kirsten are in another. Sandy sees Seth's tattoo. It's Senorita Vixen. And then he mentions how he can't get over how Ryan could have found Volchuk. Because it takes a PI, it takes someone with money, and he can only think of one person. Mm-hmm. He's got He's it. He's got it. In the other car, we have Kirsten and Ryan. It's much quieter. And she says how when Ryan first arrived, it was her worst nightmare. And how he would end up taking Seth somewhere. And now it's all changed because now she has two kids to worry about. Yeah. Ugh. I cried at this point. Yeah, I love that. Ooh, shocker. Michelle cried. What? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while all this was happening, we still have Taylor Brown and we have the clothing drive. So did you, every time I saw a blonde come on the screen, I like immediately was like, oh, it's Marissa. Oh, wait, it's not. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? No, especially from behind, I guess. Yeah. With Taylor facing us, like facing the camera, her hair, I know it's blonde, but it's not as shockingly blonde. Right. And then from behind the the length of it, I kept thinking the same thing, too. Okay. It wasn't just me. No, it wasn't. But Taylor, she's pretty much left behind because Summer is off with Che, and she ends up meeting Amber, who is Summer's roommate. And so... Did we meet Amber last week? We haven't. No. Oh, we didn't. This is our first time meeting Amber. We have this scene where she comes back to the dorm, and she's showing Taylor her collage of guys that she has. (laughs) Polaroids. Most are just anal sex. I mean, not anal. Oral. (laughs) Most... Most are just oral sex. Oh, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah, but so Taylor can't get over about 
the amount of guys that she's alluding to that Amber has slept with. And she's like, are you kidding? This is just for like my social taboo class. But like, yeah, this one's my boyfriend and this one I've slept with. And then that was just oral sex or as Liz likes to think, (laughs) anal sex. (laughs) And then Taylor, she can't get over the fact that Summerside has no decor up. There's no pictures of anyone from home. And the idea of the fact that she has not even a picture of Seth, her boyfriend, and Amber's like, Summer has a boyfriend? Yeah, no one knows. And then she's like, oh, no, you mean that guy Che, right? Ooh. So Taylor, she finds Summer outside with Che. He's chained to the tree that they're trying to save. And she's like, what the hell is going on with you and that Che character? And then she keeps questioning her about her and Seth and how you're shutting him out. You need to call him. And so Summer's like, fine. So she tries to call Seth on her cell and she gets a guy speaking Spanish because as we know, Ryan took Seth's phone and threw it. Yeah. And so then Taylor picks up the phone and she starts speaking Spanish. Love it. To the guy on the other line. And so it turns out that Taylor has now built up a rapport with this guy named Miguel. Yeah. (laughs) He's having relationship issues. And she's talking to him on the phone in uh, the dorm room. And so Summer comes in after the protest, after them sleeping outside all night. And Taylor is drinking espresso. She brought an espresso machine. And so then Taylor keeps questioning her about Seth and about Che. And Summer's like, hold up. Like, I don't like Che like that. Hmm. I don't do love triangles anymore. Thank God. And so then Summer gets super defensive because she's like, you know, not for nothing, Taylor, but you've only been harping on me and questioning about my life. Meanwhile, you come here and you don't even tell me your giant secret. And so Taylor, she starts packing up her stuff and she's like, I can't help you. But BT Dubs, here's what went down. I got married. I now have to get a divorce. And I think you would have found this super interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't Taylor just so great in this episode? I loved her in this episode. So she goes off to the airport and Summer finds her there. They apologize. They hug. It's really sweet. And so Summer finally admits that she has been pulling away from Seth. She does love him, but she has been pulling away. And Taylor's like, listen, you have to at least let him in and let him know because he will understand. Try writing him a letter. Yeah. So Summer agrees and then brings up the whole marriage situation And Taylor's like, you know, it was just France and things happen like this. And Ethan Hawke was at our rehearsal dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And then as she's leaving, she's like, by the way, your roommate is a big slut. (laughs) And and Summer's like, I know. (laughs) So Summer goes back to her dorm and she tries to write a letter to Seth. And we see her starting off the letter, crumpling paper, starting off the letter again, crumpling the paper. And she's struggling. And she says, like, I still love you. I really love you, but I just can't. I just can't. Yep. I get it. I get it, Summer. So, before Kirsten left for Mexico, she was with Sandy, and she was packing up items for the clothing drive. And so she brings the stuff to Harbor, and Julie is super surprised to see her because Kirsten doesn't have kids that go to the school anymore. Yeah. And Kirsten also mentions how the boys 
went to Mexico, but didn't tell them they were going. And Julie gets really weird about it. And she's like, oh, my God, Seth went too? Yeah, it's very obvious that she knows. Right. And so then she gets a call. She goes outside. And Caitlin and Kirsten are so very tuned in to how Julie is acting on the phone. And at this point, this was when Ryan was telling her that he can't find Volchuk. So after this call, Julie goes numb to the world. Caitlin finds her on the couch. She hasn't moved in 18 hours. She's being so negative about life. And she pretty much just tells Caitlin, like, you should hear it now. Life sucks. And then Caitlin mumbles, like, well, hey, some of us are still alive. Yeah, like, I get it. She, I, I feel badly for Caitlin. Now she has really no parental figure to like look after her and give her advice and she just i mean that's been her whole life unfortunately yeah so far but it just like she's like i need my mom and like i'm not dead i'm here and you're not even caring about that i know it's really sad Ugh, it's awful so at the drive caitlin and the lukes they're off on the side they're going through boxes and julie shows up because she was inspired by what caitlin said to her and then the dean brings julie to the side and says that someone has been stealing from the drive and selling the items to (laughs) boutiques. And so they catch on that it's obviously Caitlin. Right. So Julie and Caitlin, they talk about stealing the clothing and how Caitlin is just lying. And Julie finally breaks down and she's like, I can't keep this family together if you keep acting up like this. I need your help. Right. Which is good to show her vulnerable side and and own up to it. And say to Caitlin, like, I I hear you, but, like, I, I need you to work with me here because yeah. I'm not g- dealing with it. Right. And then Caitlin asks her if she really thinks Neil is at the conference by himself. So it turns out in this episode that Neil is at a conference in Seattle. And right. Julie's like, no, of course not. I know what's happening here. And right. So it seems like they're going to have a nice moment. Caitlin offers to go make them ice cream, but then Julie gets a call and she leaves. And she's like, I need to rain check this. So the call was from Sandy. Her and him, they meet at the club and (laughs) he pretty much tells her how the boys are home and Volchuk has disappeared and that you sent my son to commit a murder. And after all we've been through, how dare you put our kids in danger? And then she responds with, at least you still have all your kids. Oh, yeah. Knew that was coming. Ooh, that hurt. Hurt real bad. So Seth and Kirsten, in the meantime, they're in the kitchen. They're playing catch up from the drive. And he's asking Kirsten, like, hey, did Ryan mention me at all in the car? Anything about Judas? (laughs) because clearly you know ryan's upset with me and kirsten's like he'll be fine just give him time so seth heads to the pool house to talk to ryan and ryan locks the door and closes the blinds on him yep and then the last scene we have is summer she leaves her dorm and she meets Che in the hallway. And Che's like, hey, everything's all good. Like, they're not going to cut the tree down. And Summer's, like, ready to go out there. She's ready to fight the good fight. And she just can't. You can tell that she needs to keep moving and keep herself she needs distracted. She distraction. Yeah. yeah. 
And so Che's like, yeah, okay, like we shouldn't protect the trees when they're in trouble. We should love them at all times. <laughs> and so they go to the courtyard and they end up sleeping out there just so they can be out there. And Che's like, you know, it's so good to be with you. And he puts his head on her lap very innocently, you know? Yeah, I don't see that no. as anything. And then Summer's like, yeah. And you can tell when she's out there like, shit, this isn't good either. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the episode ends. Yeah. It's a good one. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, different. Again, anytime we see our friends not in Newport where you know, we're on a road trip, it's fun to see what they yeah, get Yeah, it did feel different. Yeah. So let's take a break. We're going to come back. We have Ant joining us for the second half. And oh. we'll get into our questions and comments. Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. Welcome back from break. We have an aunt with us. Hello, 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 hello. All right, that's enough, aunt. <laughs> well, I stopped. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I Hello. stopped. <laughs> I did. I stopped right before you said it was too much. So, like, I, I'm learning my boundaries. It's good. You're picking up on uh, the signals. Yeah. I know. I know when Michelle's gonna like, just like I know when Liam's gonna bite you after you know when he's when you're petting him. I know when Michelle's gonna tell me to shut up. There you go. I'm smart. All right. So we're gonna kick it off with our trivia correspondent, our girl Tish. At Letitia underscore Dominique, she says that this episode was first shown in Canada on November 7th, and it didn't air until the next day at 9 p.m. in the States. The note Seth writes at the beginning of the episode is not the same one Sandy and Kirsten read in the kitchen. When Seth writes the note, his N is a lowercase, but the note that Sandy and Kirsten read is actually an uppercase. Ooh, good pickup. Wow. Slight increase in views this week from 3.4 million to 3.5 million. She says that she remembers Ryan going to Mexico to find Volchuk, but totally forgot about Seth going and the added Kirsten and Sandy drama. Yeah. It's funny how our brains remember things. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it, girlfriend. <laughs> this whole podcast is that. <laughs> I didn't expect Kirsten and Sandy to go. I didn't either. I was like, oh, wait, you guys are going? It's kind of yeah. lame. <laughs> I like Sandy's like vacation outfit that he wore. I love his aviators. Me too. (gasps) Did you like uh, Kirsten's sunglasses? No. Me neither. No. What are those? I don't know. They must be some kind of, they must be some designer. Yeah, I'm sure they're like really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't look good. (laughs) Couple of questions. How did Taylor get into Summer's room and knew what, and knew which one she was in? Yeah. (laughs) Don't they have like a directory? In like uh like the halls or whatever, and their names on the doors and stuff. But that means anyone could just walk onto campus. Well, this is what this is two thousand six. Yeah. So, 
I'm sure I mean, anyone can, can just walk onto campus. You do that now. Yeah, but walk yeah. into the dorms. Why no, aren't they who, locked? No, like who? How do they know who you are? She's a, she looks like a college student. Yeah, but wouldn't you need a key card to get into a dorm into building? A building? Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of kids going in and out all the time. Yeah, maybe she just like got lucky and went in when someone else was going in, and could be. I don't know. She just knew which dorm was summers. Maybe they talked about it previously. We just didn't see it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh. She also asks, wouldn't Seth need a passport to cross the border? Yep, I said that too. We had oh, yeah. a, couple, a couple of people yep. asked yeah. about this, of how the hell did Seth know he needed his passport, or does he carry it on him the whole time, <laughs> or all the time? I yeah. doubt that. You probably don't really need it to get into Mexico so much as to get back into the United States. You know, So maybe Sandy and uh, Kirsten brought it. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Like, getting into Mexico is probably not that hard, you know, like... I don't know. Especially around that time, you probably... I mean, you know, like, now, like, yeah, like, maybe we would need passports, but if you live in California, you probably just, like, hop over. (laughs) Uh, How do you guys think Jimmy is handling Marissa's death? Hmm. Does he even know? Of course he knows. I'm sure he knows. Well, he's he's sailing a fucking yacht, so I think... uh, pretty great i would hope that he came home for the funeral yeah same might have but i don't know yeah she also wants to know aunt how do you think the writers handled marissa's death since Alyssa and i feel like they did a pretty good job yeah i mean i think they did a pretty good job i don't think i disagree with anything you guys have already said about i think i probably actually don't even have anything to add to that honestly you guys did it pretty good justice i don't know how else you get her off the show like in a way where it's like you hope that she comes back or something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Thank you, Tish. Thank you. Thanks. Fassel at Fassel Z Khan. Our goof king says, Seth calls the front desk looking for Ryan and says he's in the room with the no windows, but he's clearly sitting under a window in yeah. his room. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, wait, there is windows in this room. They were like boarded up though. I also took this as Seth being drunk and kind of being like, yeah, no shit. There's windows in all the rooms. Oh, uh, yeah. maybe. You know, but th- like I did notice when they first walked in that they were boarded up. Oh, so, that, like, yeah. Probably it was just like, you know, you can't really see out the window. So it's practically no window. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, Fassel. Thank you. Thank you. Mike at Dell underscore Vesto has questions for us. Do you think Caitlin figured it out at the clothing drive what Julie was up to? Because if you look at the look on her face at Julie's outburst when she found out Seth went too, and then Julie, when she gets off the phone, it looked like the pieces clicked together. Possibly. What do you mean? Like when? What do you mean? What do I mean? Do you think Caitlin knew what was actually happening and what was going on oh. and what Julie was up to? No. You don't? She no. knows she was up to something, but something, I don't know yeah. if she truly knew it had to do with Volchok. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she probably, like, is guessing that that's what she's, because every time, like, it's like she's, like, normal and then she becomes, like, a zombie. Right. Like, yeah. that, like, you know, like, process and, and everything. So I'm sure she gets, you know, she's figuring something out. And she's probably seen things from the... You know, private eyes and things like that. Yeah. A goof. Did any of you notice in the scene in Caitlin's bedroom with her and Julie after she got caught stealing the clothes, Caitlin's ponytail kept going from down her back to over her shoulder in between shots. 
<laughs> all the behind shots, her ponytail was down her back. All the forward shots, her ponytail was over her shoulder. Huh. Hmm. I did not notice that, but thank you so no, much I for pointing that out. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. At the OC Memories, wanted to point out that they realize that Ryan's behavior is on the crazy side in this episode, but feels it's important to remember what he's gone through. Totally. Marissa dying in his arms and everything else, it kind of justifies the way he's acting. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I mean, I didn't really view him as crazy in this episode or anything out of line. I think it was pretty fitting for him and what is happening. Yeah, he's like, he's like you know, resolutely determined like with what he's got to do. You know, just no distractions. So it, it seems like any, anybody who seems that focused on a goal can seem crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Yes. Alicia at AAW3115. She says she loves how Seth helped Ryan in this episode and loved the line to Kirsten about asking if Ryan mentioned him and anything about Judas. (laughs) Uh, Seth and Taylor are kind of in the same role right now. They're both trying to help and guide who they're closest to, and she appreciates their loyalty. Yeah. She wants to know our thoughts on the Marines scene. She didn't get the point of it. Yeah, same. I was like, all right, after the guy was like, take a shot, if I was Seth, I'd be like, no, I'm good, and leave. Well, they would have killed him. (laughs) Do you, I mean, but true, was this just so Steve-O could have a Have an appearance? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking to myself, like, why did Steve-O end up on the show? Like, what what was he trying to do there? Was that, like, a contract that, like, NBC, I mean, uh, Fox owed him? Yeah. Or, like, was he, like, really trying to break into... You know, acting. Like acting in some way. And like he just like got on as a crazy Marine. Maybe he really liked the show. You know, I'm curious to know how Steve-O got there. I know. I tried looking it up, but I didn't get too far. And when I say I tried looking it up, I did look it up. Just didn't get too far. I'm going to have to do more digging or yeah. if any of our listeners have any insight on that. But even if it wasn't Steve-O and it was just Marines, I don't know what was the point of that. Was it just the point for Seth to be distracted for the time being i think it was like yeah i guess to kind of like keep him split up so that he could just kind of stumble into it you know which he did yeah which he did you know i guess just give him away like seth away to like just i don't know like bumble into like the yeah right you know like oh like you know drunken drunken man style yeah do you think seth did the right thing have any of you done something similar which you had to do something where someone would be angry at you, but in the end, it was to protect them. How did it turn out? Uh, I mean, not to this extent, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> well, do you think Seth did the right thing? I I do, but I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely think he did the right thing, um, looking out for Ryan and everything. This reminds me of that scene in... Um, the first Harry Potter where Neville tried to stop them from going out into the corridors, Mm. you know, and ruining more, uh, Gryffindor, you know, points and everything like that. And then ultimately it ended up winning them the house cup with the extra 10 points because, you know, standing up to your enemy is is easy. Um, standing up to your friends is harder. That's definitely true. So in that vein, no, I've never done anything nearly as, you know, right. Yeah, I guess same. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I've never really been put in that position, you know. Yeah. Honestly. 
And if I did, if I was, I may like just be passive about it. I don't know that I would necessarily, you know, stop anybody from doing what they wanted to do. I don't know. I think it depends for me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The ultimate question was Ryan going to kill Volchuk. Well, he had a bar, so crowbar. Yeah. I think he might have killed him. I think yeah, he would have saw him. Yeah, I think he and, might have too. <laughs> yeah, and the rage would have come out and maybe he wouldn't have meant to. Right. I think he would like, he would have just like kind of like in a way blacked out with it and just kind of did it, you know, yeah. like in the way like that you just deliver that final blow sometimes in like the shows. And right. You like, and then they like, oh, you know, they're all shaken and everything. And like, oh, what did I do? Blah, blah. Then he would have regretted it. And, yeah. You know. Kind of like how Volchok killed Marissa. Like you, he didn't mean to do it. But he was just so angry that he would do anything to get her to listen to him or to get Ryan to pull over. So I'm sure Ryan would, I don't know, do anything to just make Volchuk realize how much he is like a piece of shit and how much he hates him and what he deserves. I don't know. <laughs> it it also makes me wish that Ryan ultimately didn't have a weapon. Yeah, because me too. he's been fighting right. in these rings for so long, taking on guys much larger than him, and just using his fists. So clearly, yeah, he, he could take Volchuk. I mean, not he didn't. Obviously, he didn't get to verse him, right? Right. But just to enter the room with just your fists. Well, the thing is, Volchuk. You know, like him knowing Volchuk, like he would have to come to fight a weapon. You know, Volchuk would have had a weapon, and he did. In right, fact, he had he was, a knife. He did have a knife. He yeah. was ready to go to the door. With, I mean, still, like he's, you know, he had no reason to believe that anybody was going to be on the other side of the door trying to get him. I mean, I guess he's like, you know, paranoid in a way. Well, he's on the run. He's on the run, but like, why? You know, like, was he going to like? Who's he really think? How does he think? You know, Ryan's going to be there. Who's going to be there? That he's going to need to defend himself with a knife. Like the cops? Like you think if the cops were there, he needs a knife? Maybe when you're on the run, you're just constantly paranoid and have to be kind of protected at all times. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just, yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah. Never been on the run before. I might try it. (laughs) Feeling cute. Might try to be on the run. (laughs) Thank you, Alicia. Yes, thank you. Anna or Anna, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing how to say your name, at Be A Mac, is really happy that we're in the fourth season. Really likes Seth in this episode and last week's episode, but also feels bad for him. He's trying to understand his girlfriend and Ryan and be there for both of them while they are both ignoring him. That's true. Uh, They also have a question for Ant, but I'm going to save it for After Dark. So stay tuned for that. Thank you. Uh, Jess at Mrs. Boquist on Instagram. She says that she loves Seth went to Mexico with Ryan, but hates the fact that they are at odds with one another. Mm. Thinks Seth is being a really good friend, even though Ryan looks at it as a betrayal. Right. She also loves Taylor's French and Taylorisms in this episode. And Spanish. Yeah, and Spanish. (laughs) That's right. Uh, She also states that she loved Kirsten and Ryan's time in the car and how Kirsten says she now has two sons to worry about. Mm. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Thank you. Vic at Muse Chick feels that Caitlin is acting out for attention. Totally. She also thinks it's funny how they portrayed Marines in this episode and that Steve-O's cameo was hilarious. (laughs) 
I like I did I, you know to be honest I did like Steve-O even though his only thing was let's take another shot <laughs> I still did enjoy the way he portrayed it yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Mexico for spring break or anything else no no Yes, we have. We've been to Mexico. Uh, I was say, yeah, you've oh, been yeah. to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Mexico. I, I, the spring break thing threw me. I've been to Mexico, but not like that kind of Mexico. Right. Yeah. yeah no. We went to Cancun. <laughs> it's different. Right. Yeah, I have never been to Mexico. Yeah. Thanks, Vic. Thanks. We got an email from Lisa. So she had the same question as we did, and as how Tish did about Seth and the passport. And she's like, do people in Southern California just carry their passports all the time? And it annoys her how convenient it is for people to go to Mexico on a whim in TV shows. Yeah, totally. Loves the Taylor storyline and how she's the one to call out Summer. Without Marissa, someone has to call her out, and she's glad it was Taylor. Yeah. Loves the scene of Summer trying to write Seth and feels it's relatable even if you haven't lost someone. And even if you're just trying to manage and juggle a relationship at home with a new life at school is extremely hard. Totally. She also told us how she started watching the OC. She's a somewhat OG watcher, started watching in season two and then had to go back to season one on DVD. Her boyfriend at the time was obsessed with the show and it's the one who got her into it. Wow. I know. That's surprising. But thank you for sharing, Lisa. I love everyone's origin stories with this show. Yeah. So thank you. Some music in this episode. We had The Long Winters, Band of Jerez, Lockdown Project, Menu Chow, and Band of Horses. Band of Horses. Band of Horses. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for your questions and comments this week. Let's get into our segments. Fashion. What do you got, Liz? I liked Summer's taupe sweater. Yeah. I like Taylor's hair. Mm. Me too. I loved Taylor's. I wonder if it was hers or if it was Summer's. It was like that green, really cozy, like over, it was like a blanket scarf sort of with the sleeves. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. I wonder if she like took that from Summer or if that was hers, but it looked so cozy. Yeah. Uh, I loved Sandy's aviators and Ryan's sunglasses. Me too. I loved I both of those. Sunglasses. When Ryan got out of his car to yes. go find Volchuk the second yes. time, <laughs> and his sunglasses with his jacket in the sun, I was like, hey, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. same. I was like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> I love Taylor's white ruffle top. Yeah. Very Taylor. Yeah. I think that's all I had. Same. Yeah, not much. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, some quotes. Yes, perfect. I needed chiclets. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) I had that too. Uh, It's like a forest and, oh my God, your toenails. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't you want to come in? You can cuddle. We can cuddle. (laughs) Julie, at least you still have all your kids. Mm. Stop hitting on Mr. Castle. (laughs) What an amazing spirit you have. I bet you were an eagle, Che. (laughs) Yeah. Move it, hippies. Amy Bennett buys used clothing. (laughs) (laughs) I really love you. I just can't. Yeah. I have Ryan found Volchuk. Of course. Right. Obviously, you got hobbit feet. 
<laughs> the hobbit feet. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, when's the last time you shaved your legs? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I had. Same. All right. Do you have your MVPs and shittiest, everyone? I, I do. I really struggled, though. Okay. But we can do MVP first. All right. Here we go. Three. Three. Two. two one. one. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor was my blue ribbon. Oh, Who did Seth you pick? Seth was my blue ribbon. I picked Seth. Oh, you did. I thought I that you said Chad. I'm like, Che? No. <laughs> Seth, yeah, I could see why you would pick that. And I also picked Taylor for, like, the female version of Seth this episode, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're both this, enjoyable. Yeah. And this is, like, a great, like, I mean, she had, you know, always showed signs of this type of Taylor, like, in, like, the last season. Yeah. But, like, it was just, like... One, two, you know, like with her, it was great. Like everything she said was awesome. I know. Right. She's got those, as we call them, the Taylorisms. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Yep. Yeah. Alicia also chose Ryan and so did Lisa. Oh. As, I mean, I'm sorry. Alicia Seth? chose Seth and Lisa also chose Seth for their MVP of this episode. Nice. Yeah. And Lisa's point about choosing Seth, which I really liked, she said that Seth puts his brother before himself, which is very unlike Seth, especially very. since he's struggling with Summer, and he also had the balls to approach Volchuk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, Seth, I was like, really surprised. Yeah, like it's such a stark uh, change in Seth. Like that, that the Marissa death. Um, even though that, like, I don't know, like he not, was not as affected as like Summer or Ryan, obviously, um, but just that change in him is such like a mature change because he is like he just can't be weak anymore yeah you know, he just Thank like was forced forced <laughs> right. yeah forced to not be weak anymore and he just had to step up and be there for the two people that he needed to be there for yeah yeah shittiest oh i really don't like my answer i don't either but yeah it, you know it is what it is <laughs> I, for one reason i chose and for one reason only Okay. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Three. Three. Two. two one. one. Julie. Julie. Okay. I'm glad yeah. that you picked the same. I felt shitty picking her because obviously she's going through something tremendous, but like yeah. pick, taking an 18 year old and saying like, hey, I want you to go kill someone for me. Probably not the best decision. <laughs> yeah. And then she yeah. lied to Sandy when he confronted her about it, but ultimately he knows what she's up to. That's the only reason why I picked her, but I mean, I understand what she's going through. I don't blame her. She's a, a mother who lost her child. I chose her because I don't like how she's handling the situation with Caitlin. Yeah, that too. Same. Like, she yeah. needs to mother another child. Yeah, and... Not saying get over it, and I feel really bad for her, but the bottom line is she still has a daughter who's in the house who moved home for her, and just to be in the house, because, I mean, that was Caitlin's excuse of like, oh, Marissa's going off for the summer, Mm -hmm. so, and for, you know, she's deferring her year to college, so I'm going to move back in. Right. Whether or not it was she got kicked out or whatever. Even though... It's hard if Julie could just, like, focus all of her energy into Caitlyn. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good distraction, and also she would be benefiting Caitlyn. Right. Yeah, but yeah. you can't, you don't know what you're, how you're going to handle things until you have to. 
Exactly. Yeah. Alicia and Lisa both chose Julie for their shittiest this week. Lisa also gave a blue ribbon to Ryan. Oh, yeah. Um, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, is it that time? Sure. It could be patron of the week Patron time. of the week. It's patron of the it's week. It's patron of the week. It's This week, we uh, heard from a lot of our patrons, actually, but specifically one of our newer patrons, Jen, who has been listening to all of our podcasts. She's been commenting commenting on all of our posts on Patreon. We had uh, a couple of our Topic Tuesday she was participating in, and she told us her history with the shows that we podcast about, and we just wanted to shout her out this week, and I <laughs> patted myself on the block, on the block, oh god, I ruined it! I patted myself on the back, calling her Jenny from our block. Get I it? love it. <laughs> but I ruined it. Damn it. <laughs> I ruined but it. But thank no, you, Jenny. Jenny. Jen, hopefully you don't mind Jenny. She so probably good. hates it. She probably hates it, right? Yeah. yeah my new name <laughs> sucks. I can't believe I joined this network and yeah. all I got was a shitty name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jenny again. <laughs> She's Jenny from the It Takes Three Network block. Yeah, Yay. love it. <laughs> Welcome, girlfriend. Awesome. All right, Liz, you ready? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. So, Liz, and to everyone out there, here's your haiku for season four, episode three The Cold Turkey. Oh. Holidays are tough, especially with this one. Memories are shared. Mm, Well, I know that it is Thanksgiving, uh, the cold turkey that makes so much sense. Very excited because we're going to have Sam and Bobby on next episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, excited to chat with them about this episode. I can't imagine how hard a holiday is going to be for these families that, well, the you know, our joint families, but Julie, especially in Caitlin, it's going to be hard for them to have a Thanksgiving without their family, without Marissa there. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be pretty sad. Not looking forward to that. I know. But I mean, are we just focused on Thanksgiving? I don't really remember. <laughs> mm. Cold turkey. Does that mean that there is no Thanksgiving meal? Mm. <laughs> there's a meal did someone quit something cold turkey like uh mm. maybe taylor quits her husband cold turkey or uh i was gonna use kirsten but she's already qu- you know she's already uh on the sobriety train again yeah seth hopefully he's past that marijuana stage I see where you're going with this. Yeah, like, I I mean, when you think of, like, quitting something cold turkey, someone's quitting something very abruptly, maybe. Maybe it's mm, Ryan. Maybe he decided, I'm going to quit this whole thing, this whole thing cold turkey. Like, going to find Volchuk. Okay. You're good. (laughs) Hard to say. I mean, you overall have a gist. Yeah. Yeah. The gist is it's Thanksgiving. I'm excited to see what happens there because clearly I don't remember. Right. We have a we have a good emotional scene that happens. Oh, brother. Yeah. We'll see if you cry. 
I'm sure I will. You might. <laughs> Good job, though. Thank you. I am excited. Guys, send us your questions and comments for that episode. Like I said, we'll have, or like Liz said, we're going to have Sam and Bobby. If you don't remember, they were on, they were a guest last season. Sam's my sister. Bobby is her husband. They're therapists, so they <gasps> like to get into the nitty gritty of these characters going to be a good time i also wanted to mention when you guys send us your questions and comments if you ever want to send us a voice memo and then we can play your voice on air yeah it'd be fun yeah this is a podcast so let's hear your voice too be fun totally well i think that's all we have this week for the gringos thank you as always for listening and for participating we so appreciate it we love hearing from you you can reach us on at let's talk oc on instagram and twitter you can send us an email let's talk oc at gmail you can check out our patreon which is our podcast network it takes three network all the goodies over there behind the scenes we have Liz's Roswell-inspired podcast up there. Uh, we have all of Riverdale up there, our mm-hmm. show Riverpod, so you guys can definitely check that out. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, please consider leaving us a review and rating us five stars. It would make us so happy, and it helps the show. So it's a win-win. Totally. And if you're brand new to this podcast stay tuned for after the credits we go into our after dark segment where we talk spoilers and anything goes over there (laughs) so until next week we'll see you then for season four episode three the cold turkey gobble 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 after dark after dark Let's talk OC. Let's talk OC. After dark. After dark. So I really wanted a hypothetical question for this episode because mm-hmm. I really start wanted to start implementing them and I can't think of them. Do you guys have anything? Hypothetical. Hmm. Well, what if Ryan did find Volchuk and he killed him? <laughs> that is a good question, Liz. <laughs> what would happen? Obviously, he would go to jail, right? Yeah. Do you think, could they get Ryan off? I don't think so. Right, no. He, like, it was planned. It would almost be like the Trey situation again. Like, premeditated kill. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's only if that, you know, he got caught. Well, yeah. Oh, you mean like just murdered Volchuk in Mexico? Yeah, just left. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, murder in Mexico. I mean, white boy murdered in Mexico. Who cares? And maybe the way they could have done it is we don't actually find out until like the last scene of the episode. Mm. Even though the show is totally different when we get to the finale of this series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we find out, like, oh, it turns out. Yeah, he actually did murder him. He did actually kill him in Mexico. Right. Black screen. <laughs> Black screen. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Just, just like a pan over Volchuk's, like, dead body. Like, his face. Like, it's all bloody. And, and we go was. into, the, like, a sunset over Mexico or yeah. something. Cool. Good creative, uh, creative sesh, guys. Yeah. Tried.
Okay, so a couple of questions and comments. Jillian wrote us an email last week, and I meant to read it on Three Gossip Girls. But oh, yeah. I didn't want to spoil it in case someone over there didn't watch the OC yet and didn't know what happens. Mm-hmm. So she sent us that someone on Reddit points out that Frank and Julie's son will one day find out that his brother and sister had sex with each other. Hey. Yeah. And then she, she goes, should we ask creepy Scott what that feels like? <laughs> and Scott referring to over at on, on Gossip, Gossip Girl. Girl. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah you know, I guess they like to keep sister, it in the family with these uh, shows. I guess. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. It's so weird, right? Frankie, Frank and Julie get together. Yeah. Right. And Marissa and Ryan were together. Right. Uh, thanks, Jillian. Please send, keep sending those. We love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. Alicia wants to know, do you like how they are integrating Taylor? She thinks that they're doing a good job. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think Hell so. Yeah. yeah. Top five. Like the way they're using her and introducing her back into the season and slowly making her a regular, I think they're doing a good job. Yeah, same. Yeah. And it doesn't feel forced. No, no. it doesn't. Yeah, because, like, it's the same level of interaction as in, like, the third season, only, like, it just kind of continues at, like, a grows. good pace and it grows. Yeah. And you just, like, I mean, in, like, in just in this, like, one episode, they drop so many little things where you're just, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. With her? Like, you, and you're just, like, ready for more. Right. Know? She's, like, on the phone with that Mexican guy. Yeah. Miguel. Yeah, Miguel. That's how I feel, know? at least. It's just so great. She has yeah. a French husband. Know. You know? Like, you're just, like, what? <laughs> I want more. Um, Mike did confirm for us that Neil does move to Seattle. Oh. Because we talked about that mm. in Last After Dark. Mm. So he They're is all just going there. to the Pacific Northwest. What? That's where they go to leave the show. <laughs> right. Like Luke went there. Yeah, except for Jimmy, I guess. Oh, yeah. Not Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So Anna asked this question specifically for Ant. Which unusual character will you defend like you did for Volchuk in this season? Oh, hmm. The bullet? Maybe the bullet, I suppose. But I don't, Bang! Really, yeah, I don't think the bullet needs any defending, though. You know, like, he's just like, he's a character. Who's the villain this season? That's the thing. is, There's really no villain. Are we forgetting someone? No, there's really no villain. This, hmm. it's, this whole season is just very light. And right. it's just like it, we're getting there. It's not very light right no, now. No, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, not right now. But you know, like it's just like it starts off so intense and dark, and like it's so heavy. But then like it lightens up like so fast, and then that's like what Taylor brings to it. Like, yeah, because really Ryan's going to start fantasizing about her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just it just I don't know. I feel like I like the way the season goes, where it starts off heavy and gets light, so that way you can just kind of leave off with like you just leave like the whole series with like a <sighs> yeah yeah no that's I, true because you know? like at the end of season three is like it's it's hard you know yeah season four you're just like oh my god yeah you know uh, Vic wants to know: Do you think Neil and Julie would have survived if he would have been patient? No. Nah, you never really believe that was going to be something. He's it was not, never like, happening from the beginning, so. Yeah, like, he's such, like, a robot. Yeah. We really did ship them, though. Yeah, like, in the re- very, very beginning. I was like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. That would be fun. But also, like, Neil is, like, so lame. Yeah. 
and he moves on too. He's impatient. He's yeah, not, very like, ready to like build anything. You know, that's why he goes on to like all those wives. You know, I don't know what he what, he, what does he even want. We need Who Sam knows? and Bobby to diagnose him. Yeah. Well, he's like a plastic surgeon, right? So like he, nothing is perfect the way it is. You know, he just needs to like. Ooh. I don't know. Hmm. I like, see where you're going it, with that. Like, make something. You know. Yeah. And then Vic said, because we were talking about this last week on After Dark, that the reason Ryan and Taylor get together is because they start spending a little bit of time together. Uh, He kisses her to help her. And even though Ryan just wants to be friends, then he can't stop thinking about her and then starts having the fantasy. So that's kind of how their relationship builds. Hmm. Because we were talking about, like, does it seem so random that the two of them got together? Right. I mean, it feels that way now, but I, I don't remember it being like very, uh, you know, like my my memory is really kind of fuzzy about this whole season, even yeah. though I know that I love it, you know, because like it's so short and so many things happen. Like there's like a, like a whole cast of characters that come around, you know, yeah, so a whole new all of Caitlin's show. characters. Yeah, the bullet, you know, the bullet sons. Oh my god, oh the, my bullet god the bullet sons! That's, yeah. And he's got so many, and they're all like they all have like similar names. I forget though. <laughs> I forgot. Does the bullet happen and come into the picture with Julie and Kirsten's dating service? How does the bullet arrive? Yeah, may, he might. Um, I forget. Yeah, I forget too. Aunt, come on, you're supposed to be better at this than I am. I know. I just like I don't know. Like the whole like thing is like all blurry in my head. I know. You should just watch with me every week. Maybe I will. Usually, I mean, I have been. I, feel I like. know you have been to refresh your memory, but I totally forgot about the Bullets' sons. Yeah. I do actually like Caitlin and the Bullets' relationship because she really does become fond of him. Yeah, mm. and she and ultimately wants Julie to be with him. Yep, yep. right, because he's the only father figure she's ever had. Yeah, and I also don't remember how Frank and Julie start. Oh yeah, same. together. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not I really looking just... forward to Frank coming. I think it's just so random that Frank and Julie do end up together. Like yeah, when you same. say it, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Right. Weird. It's weird. It's just weird. Hmm. But anyway, that's all we have for our questions from our listeners. So thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we wrap up? Hmm. No. I literally have not one thought. <laughs> it's a blank slate. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to next week with Sam and Bobby. Um obviously I'm I'm excited every week when we get to watch. When yeah. it's like still fresh because I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> I know. And John chose his episode. Oh yeah? Okay, He's coming cool. on for episode five. Nice. Yeah. So we'll have them on next week and then we'll have a break and then we'll have John on. Yeah, it's just fun. I think the more people who want to talk about it, the more the yeah. better. And John, he sent me like six episodes he wanted <laughs> to come on for. And then he listed three that were his top. Top. So five was the beginning of the top. And I was like, come on for five. That's going to be fun. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.